You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, this is Dr. Lisa Faust, pharmacy specialist with PDS, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, pharmacy community, this is Todd Urey, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast, and we have a show today that haven't done something like this before um, and I'm excited about the different type of format that we have and um, talking with um, a previous pharmacy owner, uh, obviously a pharmacist and someone who specializes in several different things. This is Lisa, Dr. Lisa Fast with PDS and um, good morning Lisa, how are you? Good Todd, how are you doing? Very good. So you and I met, um, it's been about two, maybe two and a half years ago. Um, I think it was at um, one of the PDS conferences, I think before you were directly involved. And um, I just found your story very interesting as a pharmacy owner um, and someone who had really thought outside the box early in kind of this wave of uh, differential change that we're going through with private pharmacy owners uh, doing things um, to, to really um, grasp their community and, and bring um, a whole different uh, subset of uh, services uh, that may not be uh, traditional with the national chains out there. And I really liked some of the things that, that you were doing at, at your pharmacy. So would like you to talk to our listeners and tell them about yourself, tell them about uh, your business and also what you're doing with PDS. Sure. Um, my pharmacy was Fost Pharmacy, and I started it from scratch back in 2006, and it grew very rapidly, I think a lot because of our differentiation. And the first place where we differentiated ourselves was in the way we treated our customers. We really took a relational approach, uh, creating relationships and building on that. And then, of course, it was with our services. I wanted to be a compounder. I wanted to do things special and different for our patients than what you could do as just a traditional retail pharmacy. I also grew and morphed and changed our OTC section over the years that I owned the store into having little different uh, subsets and you know the, the different needs that related to your patients. And you, you don't know that and you can't choose those products unless you know your patients and go back to that very beginning of a relational Uh, relationship with your patients. I sold my store last year in 2012, May in 2012, and I currently am working for Pharmacy Development Services, or PDS, which is a service that many independent pharmacy owners are aware of that helps with coaching and business skills and teaching you everything that you didn't learn in pharmacy school. And what I'm doing with them is I'm a pharmacy specialist, which is kind of a title that encompasses everything because I have a unique perspective of owning a store, being a pharmacist, having all the crazy life things happen, and yet creating a successful business out of that. And my most special areas that I'm known for specializing in is compounding and marketing. And so that's what I'm able to help our members with at PDS is those areas. Of course, everything else that comes with owning a store, HR issues and uh, dealing with customers and all those other kinds of things that just kind of come with it. But um, that's what I, I specialize with our members is the compounding and the marketing for them. Yeah, when, when I was talking to you originally, um, what you were doing that was very different, and we hear a little bit about it. Um, I've heard it even on the national shows, um, some of the talk shows. 
um, was the uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And I got a little flyer on it at some point, and I think it might have actually been at one of the PDS conferences in Florida. And I didn't really understand it. And then when I started reading through the documentation and some of the things that um, many, you know, thousands if not millions of women are are uh, are facing and and driving some of this what happens to a woman and the education and then of course the therapy itself I thought that was really unique because it was being driven by a pharmacy outlet and a pharmacist rather than necessarily directly from the physician so definitely share with our listeners um, what bioidentical hormone is Yes, I am a true believer and lover of bioidentical hormone therapy, which I'll refer to just as BHRT. And it it started, you know, I think all pharmacists are somewhat aware of it. Just not everybody has a full education or has done the extra duties to learn about it. But when I decided to be a compounder, uh, BHRT was definitely on my plate of learning about it and trying to change people's lives. And at first I focused on just the women, the, the menopausal women, which is the typical, what you think of as hormone replacement. And the cool thing about BHRT is it's made, quote unquote, you know, made in a lab. It's usually extracted from natural sources and purified. Uh, but it's, it's chemically, biologically, structurally identical to the hormones that your own body makes. So when you are prescribing and dosing a patient with BHRT, their body doesn't know that it didn't make it. It's completely identical, as opposed to the synthetic drug company created hormones that are purposely different. So that way they can uh, patent it and you know make their money off of those purposely different products. And some people, both men and women, just don't tolerate those synthetic hormones very well. Their body doesn't metabolize them properly. It leads to unwanted side effects. And so that's where BHRT has comes in. It, it helps patients truly replace the hormones that their body is no longer making, whether it's due to a surgery like a hysterectomy for a woman or it's age related that can happen in both men and women or it's stress or any number of factors that is affecting their body's own ability to create the hormone with BHRT, you're truly just replacing the hormone that the body is no longer making. And so it's it's a different approach as opposed to the synthetics that just try to mask the symptoms of an imbalance, whereas BHRT truly rebalances the hormones in the body. I like the fact that it's something that's going to definitely differentiate the health and life of the patient and of the woman that you're counseling. And what I'm wondering is, is, is there a place or a certification, I think you mentioned a certification, that a pharmacist and then of course a pharmacy owner could obtain and then use that as as additional um, verification and in, in, in marketing um, through their community that this is now available. Yeah, there's, there's lots of education out there and there's many different avenues to get it from. You can attend seminars, you can read books. Um, there's not an official like one place where you can go and say, oh, I'm BHRT certified. Uh, so, but there is CEs and extra education that you can get. Um, the best education is really working with your patients. I attended, you know, many seminars and read a lot of books, but I didn't really hone my skills uh, until after working with my patients for several years. 
I've, de I've developed my own um, dosing protocols, my own way of dosing patients, questions that I like to ask them. And that's developed over years of working with thousands of patients on BHRT. And it really can differentiate you as a pharmacy. And it's good for business as well because just about everybody can benefit from BHRT. You can address, um, you, you talk about a life cycle of a woman, um, PMS issues, uh, fertility issues, pregnancy issues, uh, pre-menopause, menopause, and post-menopausal symptoms can all be addressed with hormonal issues. Along with women have a lot of anxiety and depression that can also be addressed and helped um, with BHRT. Men also, don't forget about the men. The men start losing their testosterone earlier and earlier um, nowadays as opposed to just generations ago. And so the men can benefit greatly too from BHRT. And they're generally happier to please as well. But don't forget about the men out there. So you can market this to a wide range of um, population. No matter what type of population your pharmacy is in, you'll be able to capture new customers by offering BHRT as a service. Let's shift gears for now for a second. And that is going back to one of my favorite aspects of business overall, not just pharmacy, of course, and that is marketing. And I know that you, you have a sweet spot for that as well and did some very creative things when you had your own pharmacy, uh, FOST Pharmacy. Um, so what, as a pharmacy owner, um, someone who really understood what was working, what wasn't working, what what advice just from the kind of the beginning, and I know this is a deep pool of ideas, but just some of the top line things that you could suggest to um, a pharmacy owner listening today to really um, – kind of tr start turning things around um, and, and how to really try to develop a plan to remarket uh, their pharmacy to their community? So many pharmacists with marketing um, just think of advertising. Um, and advertising is a part of marketing, but is not all-encompassing of marketing. Uh, what you really need to do to market is market your skills and your skills as a pharmacist and as a pharmacy owner should be in one way or another that you're a problem solver. And so when you go to doctors or you go to patients, the whole point of your relationship and your, in your conversations with them should be finding out what their problems are and then you coming up with solutions of how you can erase or get rid of that problem. If you do that, your business will grow because people want their problems eliminated. If it's talking with patients and you're realizing that they're having symptoms that you can uh, create something in your compounding lab to get rid of, talk to them about that. If it's a doctor's office and they're having an issue with uh, prescriptions or uh, faxing or something that's causing a, a hassle in their life, come up with a new system to, to get around it and make it life easier for them. That's really the true basis of, of my marketing. I kind of called it... Um, you know, your neighborhood marketing, which is back to that relational. And then the other style of marketing I like is, uh, you know, the guerrilla style marketing. Uh, I read and I was able to mentor with uh, a man called Tom Feltenstein. He's written quite a few books. I think his latest is like 501 killer marketing tactics to uh, kill your competition or something like that. And uh, every it's simple, little, connective marketing things that get you good press. Use, you know, media is out there. Use it, both social media and typical media. 
do something for your community, for your pharmacy, and call the news and let them know what you're doing. Let them know that you're collecting dog food for the senior citizens um, that have pets that can't afford food. Let them know that you're collecting coats in the wintertime or canned food and, you know, all the different things. It's, it's community service-based events and turning those community service-based events into uh, media stories where you get highlighted and basically you get free advertising. Advertising is a part of marketing and find out what works for you in your area. Some people, radio works good, TV works good, others TVs does nothing but newspaper does. So you have to try everything though. Just because you try one thing and it didn't work doesn't mean that the other forms of media aren't, aren't going to work for you. So sometimes you have, I know when I first opened my store, I think my name of the pharmacy was everywhere. It was at every little newsletter, every senior center, every, you know, radio show, everything you can think of. And we started finding out what worked and what didn't. And then after a couple of years, we really had it toned down to where we only invested in one form of advertising, which for us was radio. And it was news talk radio, not music radio. And uh, that, that's what worked really well. So you've just got to, can't be afraid to try new things. And it all goes back to that relationship. Build those relationships with those doctors. And it's not just the doctors, it's the staff in the doctor's offices. Sometimes when we were marketing to doctors, I never even spoke with the doctor. And I didn't even ask to. Make those girls in the office feel important and feel like you're trying to meet their needs. And they're the ones that will open the door to their patients. So... I understand as someone who is constantly marketing that it's really layering uh, different um, campaigns and or um, strategies. It's not just one thing. And I liked how you mentioned, um, obviously, social media, but then you also mentioned a brick and mortar um, marketing piece, which is obviously part of advertising, like you said, or advertising is part of marketing. And that was to go to your local paper or something like that. And I completely believe in that. I don't believe in throwing away what's worked for, you know, 20, 40 years um, and then, you know, just going to just the new stuff. I think there's a combination of, um, you know, being um, obviously friendly and and open and and exciting and um, excitement build within your store and um, obviously cleanliness and social media and a loyalty programs and, um, you know, reaching out to your community and, um, you know, even some of the creative things that you said is, is supporting seniors um, by, um, you know, giving, you know, pet food away to their, uh, to their pets, which is very community involved. Um, it kind of sounds like, Lisa, that, that we're bringing everything back to the way that uh, these community pharmacies were you know, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, it's it's when pharmacy and, and why the, the pharmacist is the most trusted health professional in the country is because of the way that we were integrated and the way that they are all integrated into their community. And this rapid pace to try to commoditize so many things and when pharmacy, you know, started being pushed by other things that we know, forces that we can't control in, in some ways, um, the way that things are paid, and uh, it was trying to commoditize things. And now we're seeing this turn from all these pharmacy owners throughout the country, which excites me, basically put their foot down. They said, no, we, we know when we know the value we bring our, our community. We know the value that we bring to patients. Therefore, there's this whole return to the golden age of pharmacy. And I think if you combined 
modern strategies and modern tools with the golden age, I see a return of, uh, of pharmacy at a whole new level. Yeah, you actually just described my pharmacy perfectly. Um, I leveraged the new technologies. You know, we had um, obviously awesome computer systems. We had automation. We had all the new, you know, modern technology that you can have in a pharmacy. I, I invested the money in that. But my, I always wanted to have an old school type community pharmacy. And that's just it is community. I wanted to be, have my fingers in the community because I really went into pharmacy. I wanted to help people, you know, it's that always altruistic, you know, thing, but I liked helping people. I liked talking to them. I liked problem solving for them and it made me feel good and it helped them. So it was a win-win. And so that was exactly my pharmacy. And when you talk about marketing and advertising, it's the layering and that's I, when I first was opening my store, and I don't remember where I heard it from or read it from because I was just consuming so much information, but I heard somewhere that somebody needs to like see your name or see your advertisement or you know get a recommendation about you um, for an average of five times before they'll try you out. And so when I had a new store, everybody was new to me. So I had to, I had to get everybody at least five times before they would come and try me out. And that's where that whole layering and different relationship um, ideas started to come in is so people could see me. I had to be in different areas of their life where they would see me five times or hear a recommendation about me five times. So it wasn't just the doctor's offices. You know, it was going to maybe where they shopped for groceries or where they took their kids for daycare or, or school or, you know, I had, to, I had to start thinking outside of the box of how I was going to get seen five times. And that's what more marketing comes in and it's layered with advertising and it's layered with referrals. I was really big on referrals. If patients, I hate what the chains do with the $25 transfer coupon because um, it's, it's only good. Usually there's a little asterisk on there that's only good for new customers. And or like when those cable companies run those specials where it's half off your cable for the first year, but only good for new customers. And I would start to think, well, I'm a current customer. You don't appreciate me anymore. I have to pay more just because I've been with you longer or I don't get $25 a prescription just because I've already chosen to be with you. And so um, I devised referral programs where I gave my current customers incentives for bringing me new customers. And as, as when I tried to think of it as a customer, I would appreciate from a business if they gave me benefits for being a longtime customer. And uh, that's where some of the just creative creativity came from. Um, as I looked at what wasn't working or what I didn't like that was out there in our world of pharmacy, like the TransferX coupons, and I came up with a solution that made me happy and I figured would make my customers happy, and, and it did. And, and we were able to greatly benefit um, off of solid growth um, because of all of that, the layering, appreciating your current customers and that relationship um, building. Um, you got to put the time into those relationships and you'll reap the benefits. Well, Lisa, we're um, about out of time, but I, I want you to uh, let the listeners know, and some of these listeners, obviously, these are pharmacy owners looking for different um, ways to, to change things, to improve things, to make themselves better as business owners, um, as, uh, as being involved with their community. And obviously, as uh, as independent pharmacy, pharmacies throughout the community. So, can you um, just let us know um, how to uh, reach out to you if, if we had some more questions and 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 basically how to how to maybe um, um, collaborate with you to um, to talk more about some of these ideas? 
Yes. Um, there's a, my BHRT website is bhrtguru.com. It has my contact information on there. You can email me from there. Um, you can um, actually sign up and it's free to sign up and you can actually have access to a lot of educational BHRT material. Um, the website is produced and, and updated by personalhormones.com, which is a fabulous company if you're a pharmacist that wants to manage BHRT patients. I use them and I still use them for the patients that I still follow with BHRT. Um, but you can just go to the website and it has all of my contact information there and I'm happy to help um, any pharmacy owner to help their pharmacy succeed and grow and differentiate. Thank you, Lisa. I tell you what, um, this has uh, been a show I've been wanting to do for some time. Um, definitely understanding how a pharmacy can differentiate themselves and one of the aspects that I was interested in hearing just a summary about was the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy the, um, and, and we really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Todd. This is Todd Uri, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast. We were talking with Dr. Lisa Fast. She's a PharmD, a compounding specialist, a pharmacy specialist for the PDS team, uh, doing some great things for uh, uh, independent pharmacy. And we ask you to reach out to her. Once again, you can find her at bhrtguru.com. And um, she's got some great ideas. Uh, we uh, thank you for listening.